and welcome to this week's episode of Netball Nation, your one-stop shop for all your Netball World Cup news and reviews. I'm absolutely thrilled to be reunited with these two absolute legends. I'm joined by Maggie Burkettshaw. Hello. How are we? I'm very well, thank you. And our superstar is back. Yeah. She's, uh, you might have heard her doing the commentary <laughs> for the BBC. Her. Yeah, I'm Yeah, I, I know, looking very glamorous. She was. But she's back. Do you know what, actually? You've maintained the glamour, looking very nice in a shade of <laughs> pink you. today, Sarah. How are we? Yeah, good. Well, a little bit physically broken, but other than that, yeah. fine. No, but do you know what? We'll accept you. We'll okay, bring you back you. as you thank are. You. As you are. Got like sexy Phoebe voice going on. <laughs> yeah, you have. <laughs> right. Uh, let's get cracking then, because I'm sure like us, you're going to be extremely sad that the Netball World Cup has come to an end. But fear not. We're going to be chatting about the impact the competition has had on netball across the world, uh, as well as reviewing an absolutely epic weekend of netball as we catch up on both semi-finals, the bronze medal match, and of course, the gold medal match as well. We're also going to be discussing the impact of coaches, as well as the rise of the silver Ferns over the past year and finally we're going to pay homage to the fossils who played such a key role in New Zealand being named 2019 World Cup champions so a pretty chocker one are we ready ladies let's let's get cracking welcome to Netball Nation Right then, first of all, how gutted are we, Mags, uh, and all Netball Nation listeners, that we can't turn on our TVs and see Sarah? Well, <laughs> well, we're that is the we're main, pretty that lucky. is how the main <laughs> thing that people yeah, are upset yeah. about. I've heard. Ah, I miss that, Sarah. <laughs> we're me. pretty lucky, though. I mean, I can just reach out and I can touch. Sarah. That sounds wrong. Yeah, but I can reach out and I can just touch Sarah. So it's all good. Yeah, do you know what? It's you lot that are suffering because we get, still get to see her every Indeed. week. Uh, on for you though, Sarah. Does it feel mm. a bit weird now? It's all over. Yeah, it does. It's like post post major tournament blues. That they're mm-hmm. like a, a real hard thing as a player, and I didn't I didn't realise that you could get it as a as a presenter. But um, yeah, it's hard because you're so wrapped up in it, and it's such an exciting tournament, and you know, so full on. And now it's a bit like, oh, real life's really boring. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, apart, apart from here, this, obviously, no apart from this, naturally, <laughs> we're just here. <laughs> uh, no, but it, it is. It's been incredible, and it's been hailed as the best netball World Cup to date. Do you guys agree with that? Absolutely. Yeah, having seen a few and being at a few, yeah, I think England put on a fantastic show. Yeah, I think it probably was, you know, like what happened on court as well as off it was just phenomenal. So, yeah, I'd agree. And I've got to ask you both, what were your highlights? What if Actually, just one each, one major highlight each. I'm going to go for like the crowd chanting for Rach Dunn in that bronze medal playoff because that was just wicked. For anyone listening now that missed that, Mm. just recreate that moment. So all the crowd just started like, we want done, we want done. And then like next minute, Joe Hart and Cole's time comes off and (laughs) and Rach comes on and it was just like, whoa! Emotions running yeah. high. So it was cool because Rach looked like so embarrassed, but also sort of, you know, really she happy about it. She was buzzing inside, let's be honest. And what about you, Max? Oh, What's crap, your highlight? I'm just trying to think. Uh, I think I was blown away by the uh, goal shooter for Barbados. Mm-hmm. She, just to... Just as you like, you know, typical, and I can say this, being being brown, you know, the typical Caribbean sort of feel of, yeah, whatever, whatever. Just give me the ball. Let me just do my thing. I'm going to do this. I was going to do my thing. And she just got the ball turned, put the ball up in the goal. And she wasn't your stereotypical shooter, yeah. you know, image wise. And I thought, she's just awesome. I think there were so many of those sort of players at, at this World Cup, though, yeah. that kind of prove you don't need to be, you don't all need to look the same to play a Absolutely. position. You know, the, the Zimbabwe goal shooter was like... What thirty five and, yeah, and and she was great yeah and you know a lot of older players there mm. some a lot of short quite short players there in the mid courts especially and it was it was awesome to see it is it's great to see because on that platform to see such a 
variety. It makes yeah. people go, oh, God, yeah. you don't need to look it, well, like that. Well, it proves that, it's so. fully inclusive, doesn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. And regarding the, the African nations, because we've spoken so much about them, um, what's it going to do, their performance in this World Cup, to help develop it, develop netball in their country? I think that's the big question because you don't want this to be like a flash in the pan and then they go home and nothing changes. And I think that's um, a big job for INF and a big job for the bigger nations in world netball, whether that's England or Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, all of those nations have to help these African Mm. nations and, and not help them until they get good where they're threatening and then stop helping them but like a continuous you know um sharing of knowledge um upskilling of volunteers and coaches and umpires and and those Mm. are the things like we're not going to go over and and build a four-court sports hall but if we can't even build one of those here for well exactly but if 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 they have people there going over and and you know coaching the coaches or you know training umpires up and things like that that's what makes a big difference absolutely and fingers crossed we do see that well, as well. they've started that haven't they and julie was telling us about the initiatives that they of have of course yeah you know in, in certain parts of africa and um, where they're doing the education the female education as well at the same time and i understand that we've got coaches that go out to gibraltar and malta and places like that and even switzerland and argentina mm-hmm. as well yeah, now. they're going out there but it's all on a voluntary basis and let's be right it's all about the cold hard cash finding the money or somebody you know being a partner or a sponsor that's you know happy to make that happen and i think because of that it will take time but hopefully progress we're is better slow than but we were exactly. well yeah and also the fact that the next world cup's in south africa is yeah. going to be a huge yeah. boost to african exactly. netball hopefully fingers crossed and do you think that any players we're going to see any of the players now appearing in the suncorp and vitality leagues <laughs> sort of because of the result of their world cup performances yeah i'd imagine so i'd imagine we'll see at least a few um from this world cup get contracts whether it's here or Australia or New Zealand or anywhere well sorry oh, well, yeah, we're both looking at Sarah <laughs> yeah. now with her coach's yeah, have, hat on have you been having any conversations no I've not no <laughs> is that the truth because you're it's, not making eye contact with no it's the, it's the actual truth Oh, oh. <laughs> Sounds like she's oh. got her team sorted. I know, yeah. Right, well, uh, we've spoken about Jamaica's disappointing World Cup uh, and the apparent blame culture within their camp. Yeah. We talked about this on last week's podcast. Uh, do you think they can now go away, rebuild, and just basically do what New Zealand have done and come back stronger? I don't even think mm. there is in, they're in as dire a situation as New Zealand were in, if I'm being honest, because they've got the team and we saw at uh, Commonwealth Games that they've got the team to compete. What what they need to do is... Direction. Yeah, mm. is sort out the direction, sort out the structures that are going on in that team. And also, you know, find something that sort of unites them and makes them into a team. They just look like a bunch of individuals and for most of the tournament, to me, look like they couldn't really be bothered. So they need someone to sort of, you know, bring them together. Give them that structure. Well, it's a structure and discipline, isn't it, yeah. that they're lacking? Well, we shall watch this space. And also, sorry, you touched on it a minute ago about uh, South Africa and the 2023 World Cup. Yeah. Do you think their performance is now going to spur people on and make it an even more open game and an open competition when we see it then? Yeah, massively. And I think I think England started this because by winning the Commonwealth Games, they they showed South Africa and the other nations that actually this this domination of Australia and New Zealand can be broken. Yeah. And we we saw how hard South Africa pushed Australia in the semi final, and and so I think they now have the belief, and if if there's South Africans at home watching that, you know, young players, they'll be massively inspired because South Africa are also a fairly old team. So yeah. you'd expect a few retirements and, and they'll need to bring some youth through for 2023. It's exciting, isn't it? Even now to look ahead oh, to that. very much so. Uh, now, ladies, let's go back to semi-final day, which now it feels like forever ago. I don't know about you, but now it feels like a distant memory. Uh, and first up, we've got to talk about the Diamonds starting seven to face Australia. What are your thoughts on that? 
So was it a bit of a risk, do you reckon, by Lisa Alexander to bench both Caitlin Bassett and Courtney Bruce? Well, she said it wasn't. She said it wasn't a risk. She said that she had a team of 12. You know, it was a bench of players. Any one of them at any one time could go out and do the job. But I think just about everybody was caught on the on the hop when they saw what yeah. the team was. Yeah, I mean, I've said quite a lot about Lisa Alexander this week, but I just don't understand her decision making, if I'm being honest. Yeah. And if if she loses her job then I think that'll be the reason why, because of the the sort of complete lack of a strongest seven approach. You know, her approach is, you know, it's a, I pick the seven that's going to win against any particular team. But then when it comes to it against New Zealand in the final, do you know who your best seven is? And I, I don't think she does. Yeah, you, ha- you did say that. We had you on the phone and you were she saying did. exactly that. Yeah. Uh, Sarah, also in the build-up to the game, you spoke about South Africa not uh, historically being very good at chasing teams down when they go behind. In the semi-final against Australia, though, they managed to claw back 10 goals to push Australia right to the final whistle uh, with the Diamonds taking the win by two, 55-53. Do you reckon that resilience and ability to come back in games has been something instilled by Norma Plummer? Well, I mean, it is, but they still didn't win. So yeah. they came back. But, but they, close. They were yeah, close. they were close. And I, and I think it's a shame that they let it get out so far in the first half because Australia in in um, both the semi-final and final, I think, lost the second half. So, you know, I, I, it it is something that's been instilled by Norma Plum. You know, she's she's a tough woman. She she knows what she wants. Um, she doesn't suffer fools. And, and I think that they showed, you know, how how hard they can fight and, and how well they can play. Uh, now, we know, of course, Norma is going to be stepping down as head coach. So do you think South Africa can continue to improve under a new coach? And uh, more to the point, have you heard any rumours about who it might be? Well, I've not heard any rumours about who it should be, who it's going to be. And I think the whole point of Norma taking on that job four years ago was to go across there to share her knowledge and, you know, build coaches mm. from the ground roots up to be able to take over from her. I would have thought that that person would have been at the World Cup with her, experiencing, you know, what happens. Yeah. But I don't, I don't remember seeing anybody there from South Africa with her. Sarah, I, I don't know who's taking over that job, to be honest. Um, What's the point in having you here? You've got no gossip <laughs> for us. Do you know, <laughs> it's, an, it's another one of those. Cl- I don't know if it's the closely guarded secret yeah. or the fact that they do not know who they want I'm, or I'm, who they've got. I don't even know. Well, I'm not saying they haven't, but I don't know if they've started that process. Right. Like, I'm sh- I'm sure there'll, there'll have been something going on in the background, you know, identifying people who could do mm. it. But I'm not sure that they've been through the process of, of finding a new coach. You think there yet. would be, surely, by now? Well, it would make yeah. sense, wouldn't it? Yeah. But, but all you see, the you know, the big hitters from New Zealand, sorry, excuse me, from Australia with Norma and is it Nicole that's with her? Yeah. Nicole Cusack. Well, we shall, uh, again, we'll watch this space then. Now, we have to discuss it. Next up, we saw the Roses take on New Zealand uh, to determine who would be facing Australia in the final. This was an incredible game that saw New Zealand get the win 47-45. So another two-goal margin. How good is it, uh, ladies, for the sport that it, we're seeing such close margins, such so tight in the scores. I mean, it's really good. It's, it's the the closest semi-finals we've ever had at World Cup as as a pair. So you know that can only be a benefit for the for the game, really, because that's what people want to see. You don't want to see someone smash someone by twenty goals. No. You, you want because that's what used wanna... to happen, wasn't it? Yeah, and you kind of used to go into semi-finals knowing who was going to win. And and I think this World Cup is probably the first time we genuinely ever, yeah. didn't. Mm. I think people expected Australia to win, but probably more comfortably than they did. 
And then the England New Zealand one was very split. I think Kiwis had a lot of belief, um, but you know the English fans really thought we were going to do it. So do you think does that does that score does it is it a true reflection of that game, Max? Do you reckon? I think it, I think it's a true reflection of her, of how um, England have developed, um, mm. and I think it's a true reflection of the fact that now it isn't just the Australia New Zealand roadshow. It now shows that there are at least five teams who are up there that are contesting. So I think it's great. Yeah, that is what we need to see. And New Zealand were back doing what they're so well known for, the zonal defence. Mm. And uh, Tracy Neville spoke about England not learning quite how to cope with that quick enough. Do you think that's ultimately probably what cost them the game? I think New Zealand have been smart this World Cup because, you know, Nolene's taken them back to a very typical New Zealand style and we've not really seen that from them for years. And so people weren't used to it. And I think, it, you know, it, it paid dividends. They, they wouldn't... The semi-final by two goals, the final by one goal, and that's small differences that it made. Uh, so do you reckon ultimately then that the Roses lost to the better team on the day? I think they did. Yeah, I mean, for as much as, you know, we're patriotic right through, you know, to the core, um, there were moments of brilliance from England. There were moments when they should have taken the game away. Mm. There were the unforced errors. I mean, I'm not saying anything that they don't know themselves, um, but New Zealand kept it together better than England did. And, you know, they got the game over the line. I think the positive to take from it as well was their reaction, though, from the disappointment. You know, they then went out, uh, they took on South Africa in the bronze medal match and they put on a top class performance to take a convincing win, 58-42. Uh, Now, we've been contacted by Nicola Clement from Northern Netball Club about this. Uh, Nicola told us that she couldn't have been more impressed with all the Roses' athletes' attitude and mentality during the World Cup. She also mentioned Serena Guthrie's comments in her interview after the semi-final when she said there's still a bronze medal to play for and we're not in the habit of throwing away medals. We're going to get this one for the coach and for the supporters. And Nicola says she was so impressed with her values and attitude and she thinks Serena is an amazing role model for young fans watching. Uh, So thank you, Nicola, for getting in touch with that would you both agree that that's that's a very fair comment I think it's a brilliant comment I think Serena has been outstanding as a captain and you know also leading by example on court she really has put her body on the line this this competition well you both said when we were discussing the build-up to it that she was the right person for that job didn't you absolutely yeah, for sure. And uh, does that win also demonstrate, do you reckon, how far England have come when you think back to the 2014 Commonwealth Games when they didn't perform against Jamaica in the bronze medal match? Um, it does, but I think it also represents how many experienced people you've got in that team. So you've got um, probably eight players who've been in that situation before. So if you've done that and you've lost a bronze medal match, you know what it feels like and, and you kind of you know how to get back up for it. You know yeah. that you need to move on quickly. I think in 2014, um, that like that group didn't do that because it was so tight in the semi-final, losing by one. But you learn from those experiences. Yeah. So they lost that by two. And yeah, they'll be gutted to lose that New Zealand semi-final. But, you know, their mentality would then have been, I'm not going to allow that to happen again yeah. where we don't get a bronze medal. So like Serena said, you don't throw medals away. You don't go, oh, we've not got gold, so we're going to spit out the dummy. You just go you go, go as hard it. as you can to forget bronze. I've got to ask you, and I want an honest answer from both of you. Does a bronze medal mean that the Roses campaign has still been a success? Be, be honest. I don't think I've ever heard so many <laughs> in all, all the time I've been doing this I don't, I don't think you'd say it was a success I think you'd say it was acceptable mm. so I don't think they'd go away going this was great had they, had they made the final then yes then yes but I think the fact that they didn't you go a bronze medal's okay because they're still on the podium you know there was still something for the fans to cheer for on the last day mm. there was still home interest 
but they wanted to be in that final. And and finals are a bit different because, you know, it, the semi-final is the worst game possible because if you lose that, you're not in the final. But everyone knows finals netball can go either way. So, yeah, I think they'll they'll be disappointed not to have been in the final. But, you know, you've, you've, you've still got to say bronze medal's decent. Oh, it is, it's absolutely decent, isn't it, Max? I wouldn't have said no. No, exactly. But do you, do you think that... The feeling amongst fans and the the players alike was kind of like, well, we really think we could get this. So it is. I think slightly... thinking it and actually achieving it are two different things. Yeah. The momentum was rolling in England's favour, having taken that gold in the in the way that they took the gold at the Commonwealth, and it was building and it was building and it was set up that it would be England in that final, and all but for a couple of goals they would have been there. So you know, um, progress would have been to make the final. Because yeah. we've been in that bronze medal position but for so many I th- times. I think what Serena said at the end um, of the bronze medal match was was really good. Like it's it's not it's so tight at the top of international netball now that it's not about you know we lost a semi final and we were outclassed. Neither for South Africa. Yeah. It's so tight that actually sometimes you've just got to go. Thank God we got out of here with a bronze because we could have come fourth or we could have come mm, first. That's we've, true. They've lost one game and they've come third. You know, New Zealand lost one game and won it. So it's just, it's tight up there. You've just got to kind of take what you can at, at, those, at those points. You're right. You've got to look at it underneath the medals and see what they did to get there. Yeah. Now, producer Kate's throwing a tricky question into the oh. mix. As she says, it's a conversation she's had with many of her netball nerd friends since the weekend. She said, do you think that things might have worked out differently if the Roses had faced Australia in the semi-final? Who, who knows the answer to that? That, that question. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a bit of a conspiracy theory going around about Maria Falau missing that last shot, which would have made a, a draw. Yeah. And it makes a difference if you come second because you know who you are playing. Mm-hmm. But that's that conspiracy theory. But it actually doesn't matter because if they'd drawn, Australia had a better goal average. So they'd have still finished in the same positions yeah. in those groups. They'd have still played the same people. Mm. So... It could have made a difference because we could have beaten Australia, but then we could have played better against New Zealand and beaten New Zealand. Yeah. So, no, you know, true. if they'd it's played like that there. against Australia, I think they'd have lost against Australia. Yeah. So, you know, actually, we just needed to play a little bit better than we did yeah. and we'd have been in the final. And that's like, that sounds awful. No, but, but, but that's the, quite literally is. what it is. But the players yeah. will know that. They 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 didn't perform 100%. And, you know, in a semi-final, just those little things are what make the difference. Absolutely. There you go, producer Kate. You can tell your netball nerd friends that <laughs> there's their answer. Uh, now then, what an incredible gold medal match we witnessed. The old rivalry, rivalry between Australia and New Zealand was revived and it didn't disappoint, did it, ladies? Uh, it was so, so good. The Aussie starting seven was perhaps more what you'd expect. Uh, do you think that Lisa Alexander made the right choice to bring back Bassett after Caitlin uh, Thwaites had shot know, 100% you know what? This, this in is the what, semi? This is my problem with it because how can you shoot 100% and then be benched mm-hmm. how do you feel as a player if you do absolutely everything you can in the semi-final what could, what more can you do as a shooter because she's the wrong Caitlin then shoot 100% and, the and then and then the next day they go yeah love you're going to be on the bench so, so what's the thinking behind that well because she she thinks that that Caitlin Bassett matches up better against New Zealand so she thinks Caitlin Bassett and Steph Wood matched up better than New Zealand I think the thing that backfired a little bit for them is that they had a full um, lineup in Caitlin Bassett, Steph Wood, Kelsey Brown in the attacking end that had been coached by Nolan Todua uh, at Sunshine Coast. Yeah. So it's almost like Lisa Alexander going, "Yeah, I know you coach these, but you know we're gonna we're gonna do we're gonna do, yeah, gonna gonna do, do it anyway." Yeah. And 
I don't know. I don't get it. I feel like what you've just said there, that mindset is probably going to be shared. The opinion will be shared by a lot of people, don't you, Max? Absolutely. And I, th- I just thought that the New Zealand defence were just awesome because they really did shut down the options to Caitlin Bassett. So they'd have been better off having Caitlin Thwaites, who was a little bit more mobile. Yeah. Well, they were awesome, but I, I, I don't know. I just feel for Caitlin Thwaites. You've sat on a bench and watched your team lose a World Cup final, yeah. having just stormed a semi-final yeah. like you don't even get an opportunity and I know it's tough like I, that decision would be tough for a coach yeah. but I do feel for her because it's just like what else can you what do what can you do yeah. yeah well what do you think that New Zealand did in order to keep their nerve against what were like the world number ones I think it comes back to that word belief yeah. I mean Nolene had instilled in them this complete different work ethic and culture and it, and you could see it on the court and they were just building and building and building and and this defence that they put on, this oh, their, their kind of defence yeah. against Australia, it just completely, it flummoxed them. They didn't know what to do. I've never seen them throw so many balls away and make so yeah. many mistakes. I mean, 52-51 as well. That is, again, another of those close games that that's what you're looking for, isn't it? Yeah, and I mean, if you if you watch the last probably seven minutes of that game, there is no way in hell that New Zealand should have won it because they were taking about 20 passes to get oh, it to goal God, yeah. <laughs> and then it'd go down the other end and Australia were taking about five and you're yeah. thinking they can't keep doing this they can't hold on when it's such hard work mm, and they, they were just refusing to they were refusing to give the ball away they were refusing to let Australia get on top of them they never let them get level it was just like they were not having it mm. and those those players who've been through three silver medals at a World Cup those were the ones that were like Nah, no, not this time. Not this we're not we're not doing this again. This is our time. And I think you just kind of saw a level of, like you say, a level of belief and a, a level of resistance from them that I've not seen in a long time from any team. What does that mean now for New Zealand? What does it mean for netball in New Zealand now? Well, it's huge. I mean, I've, I mean, they've been they've been called. They have been called within their own country about not being um, good enough. You know that the players are past it. Um, that the, the the training's not been hard enough and Nolene's just come in and she's just blown all that out of the water. So whatever she has done or what she's doing behind closed doors is like gold dust at the moment. And I'm sure most coaches would love to get in on a session or two. I mean, that. to be fair, the New Zealand media is absolutely savage. So anything goes wrong and they're awful, you know, that it's terrible, they're never going to win again. And now it's going right and everyone loves them. and that And that's as it should be. Um, but they were never that bad. Like yeah. they, they always had good players kind of coming through. I think what it will have done for New Zealand is is made them believe in what they're doing, made them believe a little bit more in their league and their players coming through and the fact that they don't have to all go to Australia mm. and play there to compete. And I think that's an interesting point because what what I believe made the difference was the fact that the Kiwis brought a different style they didn't try to play Australia at Australia's game. They came and said, right. right, you've not seen us do a proper zone defence for probably two years. Can you still remember how to play it? Yeah, so we're going to play our game. Yeah. And what does it mean for Australia as well? You know, because now they were the world number ones and now there's sort of two consecutive losses to the Roses and New Zealand. They'll just go away, lick the wounds and they'll have to rebuild. Because yet again, in the very, very same words as Sarah's just said, they're not that bad. It was just on the day New Zealand were better. Australia aren't bad at all and they could probably pick three teams that could finish in the top six, seven of the World Cup. But I think their problem is knowing 
who to pick. They've almost kind of got too got much too talent. They've they've too many. Yeah. 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 Um, so so does it go back then to what we were saying before the World Cup about the players that had been selected? Do you think there would have been any difference in that result with different mid-quarters? I think it's hard to, to kind of blame the mid-quarters. I, I did feel throughout the competition they, they'd have been better with an out-and-out wing defence at, at points. But... That's probably because I said that, so I wanted that to be right. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, I mean, take that with a pinch of salt. <laughs> I want to talk as well about coaches because you just touched on Nolene there, Mags, and the impact that she's had on New, on the New Zealand team. After, I mean, 11 months in charge, it's incredible what she's done. What is it that makes her such a good coach? Christ, if we knew that, we'd bottle it and sell it. Yeah. But I mean, she's doing exactly the same thing, isn't she, with, with Lightning? You know, she whatever it is that she's bringing, I'd love to get in on one of her sessions. And she's now that you know, Ferguson of netball, she can demand where she goes or what she charges, but she's probably got the two best jobs in the world already. But what do you think it is? She must be doing She went back to basics. From what I understand, she went back to basics and one of them being fitness, you know, and, you know, and, and she's made, and she's left some great players at home that you would have expected to have been on that New Zealand side because they did not cut the mark. Mm. And I think, you know, talking to some of the New Zealand girls, the one thing that she kind of, really focuses on which coaches often don't is you know the the kind of well-being and the holistic approach of you know are my players happy because if they're happy off court they're going to be happy on court they're going to train better they're going to want to be here and so you know she's got a she's big on family she's got a big family herself you know she she wanted all the players to have support network around them she wanted them to have things going on in their life outside of netball and when you've got 11 months to turn a team around, I don't think that's the first thing most coaches would look at. They'd just be like, right, what are we going to do on the court? What are we going to do physically? And a lot of the stuff that you know she fa- she really values is off-court stuff and the culture of the team and you know what's important to them and how they sort of go about their business as, as a squad. And I think that's, that's quite interesting. Uh, yeah, you're right. And I think that's basically what you said, Mags, back to basics. And if you show that you care about them, They'll care about you and they'll treat you with that level of respect back, I guess. Uh, We've also got a chat about the fossils, as they've been nicknamed. Uh, That's the New Zealand experienced players like Laura Langman, uh, Casey, Maria. Uh, It's likely to be their last World Cup for the Silver Ferns. How key do we think they were in that win? I mean, they were were that win, really. Um, I think think the the other person who... Well, I mean, they all played a massive part, but the only thing that really stood out for me was when Maria wasn't shooting well at the beginning of that game, Emilia Nekonasio just stepped up, stepped up, was like, don't worry guys, I've got this. Started like raining them down, which was really impressive. But Casey Corpua, like clean interceptions against Australia. Some of those taking, you know, the vertical jump Mm -hmm. on a shot and just blocking it and, and collecting it and taking it in. I'm like, cool girl. Yeah. And they've got to feel good as well, knowing that that's going to be the, the last time they'll get that opportunity, haven't they? Yeah, because it's like getting the last word in an argument, isn't it? You know, like- <laughs> it's like Casey saying that she's got three silvers at home and how nice it is. She says she knows what it feels like to have been on the other side of the coin. Yeah. So she's now got this gold and she says, I like this side better than the other. Yeah. But I know how Australia feel because I've been there. And and Casey came back just just for this. Like Nolene got her to come back out of international retirement and she came back to win a gold. And so it's quite nice when you get a, when you actually get a fairy tale um, because, you know, her knees are shot. <laughs> She's in, she's in a lot of pain, you know, and so you just go, well, thank God it was worth it. Yeah, because, good for you, girls. Because good they got it you. done. Yeah, and it's nice for them. Also, it's both Norma Plummer's and Tracy Neville's last game in charge of both South Africa and England. Do you think 
sort of the emotions surrounding that got the best out of both of the teams. Because we did talk about the fact that they, they're doing it for the love of the coach. They, they love the it's coach. It's not just the love of the coach, though, isn't it? I mean, you've got to be doing it for yourself as well. And I think South Africa did exceptionally well getting to where mm. they did. You know, so have they done that for Norma? Have they done that for themselves? Have they done it for the country? Who knows? But I think it got the best out of them. And as for Tracy Nevia, yeah, I'm sure the girls absolutely adore her. And, you know, they respect the coach. And when you've got the respect of your, your players, then you do wonderful things. But I think it's about them as well because there's some probably the last World Championships for some of those girls as well. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we've also mentioned, I know we touched on it earlier about, you said about Jamaica just sort of needing some structure and direction. Uh, they, they clearly had some issues that they were facing in the tournament. What do you think they need from a coach in order to progress and move forward as the likes of sort of New Zealand, England, South Africa have all done? I mean, it's hard to say because I, I don't really know what issues they're facing with that. I'm sure it'll all come out and things tend to come out in the press in Jamaica. So I'm sure that'll be for all to see soon. But, you know, I think I think if they can get someone in there that the, the girls respect and believe in and, you know, can give them some structure and some direction, that they'll, they'll be fine. But at the minute, they just look a little bit like... Like directionless, like apathetic at times, like it, like and and Are you that's, sure that's sad? just not the Jamaican in them. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't think it is because I think normally they look like that and then they spring into action, whereas they were looking like that and not there was no real spring. You know, I, I think especially after they knew they were out of the top four, yeah. it was hard for them to get going. Um, yeah. And I do feel for them because they're a really talented side, so it must have been devastating to to be outside top four, but. They need some sort of spark in them. They do, they do. I've got to ask as well, uh, after the Diamonds result, do you think that Lisa Alexander's role might be in jeopardy? <laughs> That's a big one, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, Australia are not used to coming second. They're not yeah. used to losing. And who knows what was said to Lisa Alexander after the uh, Commonwealth Games loss. Um, are there lots of coaches in Australia in the wings waiting to take on that big job? I don't know, but I think she will be. There will be some sort of a... An autopsy as to what went wrong. And yeah. is her job on the line? Probably. Possibly. Yeah, I mean, I think she's contracted to 2021, but I, I wouldn't be surprised that mean anything, if, really, does if it? something happened there. Yeah. I mean, it's can't the, be a nice feeling for her. Well, it's, it's I, sport, I don't it's know if it's ever happened before, but, you know, Australia now do not hold any of the major oh. titles. Commonwealth Games, yeah. World Cup, World Youth Cup, Fast Five, none of them are Australia's. So... That'll be a concern for the powers that be in Australia. Well, once again, watch this space. Uh, thank you very much for that, ladies. feel like we went into a lot of depth there. And of course, there's going to be loads more World Cup chat in the weeks to come as well. And now, before we wrap up, have you got any shout outs? Oh, I've got, I think, have I got one, two, two. Uh, the first one goes to Vitality for the 114 coaches. Because I think from all the shots that were put through that ring at the World Cup... It equates to 114 new coaches that they are going to be sponsoring. That deserves a round of applause. Yeah. Yes, love that. And um, not that I know personally, but I just think it's just wonderful, wonderful news. I think I saw something about Ash Brazil, um, her partner, be- mm-hmm. her wife being pregnant. So <gasps> that's just amazing, amazing news. A little bundle of Brazil <laughs> that's going to be, you know, coming our way very, very soon. So massive congratulations to those two and, you know, the best of luck. Oh, I love that. Sarah, what nice. about you? I think just shout out to everyone who either worked, volunteered, did anything surrounding World Cup because it was awesome for, for spectators, for fans, for everyone. And then obviously Sun Cup starts again this weekend. So shout out to Stacey, West Coast yes, Fever. Yes, yeah, let's go Fever. Um, no pressure, but you need a win. 
Not like saying it, has it? I know, yeah. Gulp. Uh, and also, you, we saw as well, Sorry, you retweeting and sharing things, the fans, like you say, that were in Liverpool that turned up. It was incredible to see, wasn't it? Yeah, it was awesome, you know, and it was so nice that there was such a, a friendly atmosphere. You know, you, you think about major sporting events and hundreds of thousands of people being there. There was no trouble. There was dancing in the streets. There was just such a joyous atmosphere that it was it was so cool. And, you know, obviously Liverpool turned on the weather as well. So Yes, it did. Very nice. Now, I've got a shout out because you might remember pre-World Cup, Mag set Sarah a task to get a single word in three times into her commentary. And if she successfully managed to do it and you spotted what that word was, you had to get in touch with us here at Netball Nation and let us know. So first up, Sarah... Did you get this word into your commentary? I, I, I honestly don't think I did. <laughs> well, so I apologise because I completely forgot. <laughs> do you know what? We can forgive you, but I do think we need to share with the Netball Nation listeners we do. what the word was. So over to you, Mags. What was the, the word? The word was bacon. There we bacon. go. Bacon. So instead, we'll just see if you can get it into next week's podcast three times. Yeah, right, yeah? Sure. Should we give that a go? Uh, right. Before we love you and leave you, just want to remind you that if you've got any questions, then please do get in touch. You can tweet us at my Netball Nation or drop us an email to hello at mynetballnation.com and we will make sure we cover them all in next week's episode. Thank you so much for listening to Netball Nation. As always, to listen to our podcasts, head over to mynetballnation.co.uk and make sure you follow us on all of the social platforms at mynetballnation. Ladies, it's good to have you both back together. Thank you very much. Thank you. Have a good one. You too. This is Netball Nation.